Hey folks, welcome to this brand new installment of Two Nerdskis in a Podcast. It's Eric here, and I just want to say thank you guys for listening to 10 full episodes of Two Nerdskis so far, um, if you don't count the two specials that have been released. Um, I want to make, I was making this in advance because I just want to apologize in advance. Um, during the recording of this episode, um, there is an echo I noticed in the background, and if you guys hear that echo, I highly do apologize for that. Hopefully it's not too bad. Um, I've done the best I can with trying to sort it out, but yeah, if you guys do catch it, I, I sincerely apologize. Hopefully it doesn't take away from the overall quality and listening to this installment, but yeah, uh, thank you and thank you for uh, ten for sticking with us for 10 full installments, and uh, yeah. Um, please enjoy. The following podcast contains assloads of spoilers. We here at Two Nerdskis in a Podcast are firm believers in preserving all the surprises of a genuine film viewing experience. And Bruce Willis was a ghost the whole time. Alright, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Oh my god, I smell shenanigan! I have no idea what's going on, but I am excited! Yeah, baby, yeah! Ever dance with the devil? Cowabunga. I thought this was a party! It's two Nerdskis and a podcast. With Eric and Jeff. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Two Nerdskis and a Podcast. The one show where two Nerdskis come together and talk about everything pop culture and entertainment. As always, I'm one of your Nerdskis, Eric. Oh, fucking hell, man. I'm Jeff. <laughs> you probably weren't expecting me to open like that, were you? Uh, be honest. Uh, I thought it was going to be something stupid. And I was right. <laughs> well, I guess you could call it stupid if you want, but you know what? I'm feeling good today about this one, Jeff. You want to know why? Why? <laughs> because today is our, if you take the two specials we've done out of the equation, so the one I did with Josh on Power Rangers, and then the one on the Snyder Cut we did with Reese, this is our official 10th installment of two nerdskis and a podcast. And I have to say, um, you know what? <laughs> Go ahead. Applaud everyone and applaud. But in all seriousness, I, um, I'm actually really proud of where we've taken this podcast. I mean, cause it's actually, you know, it's almost coming up on a year since we actually recorded the very first installment, but the, I mean, we, yeah, we recorded the very first episode, uh, footloose, the com the comparison and contrast on the 1984 and the 2011 movie fees um all the way back in april of 2020 but we never officially released it until january of this year we were just so sidetracked with work and everything and with our lives that we just got super busy and then eventually once we figured out our groove then you know we just stayed consistent and i think I think we're doing pretty good so far. I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, I I'm really proud of where we've taken this so far. Yeah, honestly, um, 
just just because the two of us have very different uh different schedules it mm -hmm. uh it can often be difficult to to i mean for one actually watch the movie and then uh try to take some detailed notes and then find a find a good time to you know to actually lock in and it's uh some sometimes plans fall through but you know what we i think we got this yeah i think we got I mean, shit I mean, you know, we can always improve on our craft as, you know, all good artists should. Oh, I'm, but, you know, I'm, once I'm you... perfect. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> of course you would go there. But <laughs> of course you would. But but yeah, in all honesty, yes, we sh you know, a good artist, you know, always improves on what they do. And I'm not saying we're artists, but, you know, you keep at it. You keep at something for a good long while. You get better at it, and um, I am proud of where we've taken this so far. And um, so, yeah, um, it's it's quite the journey we've been on so far. And so, just want to say here, thanks for listening to us, and uh, here's to another 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, even more installments of this show. And uh, we began our tenth installment with uh, something that's a uh, long that's that's been long. I went long coming. Um, it's, it is, as we promised, the culmination of legendary monster versus, uh, cinematic universe, Godzilla versus Kong, a rematch nearly 60 years in the making. And it's, I, I mean, it, it's definitely, it was definitely great. And, uh, what was great about this is cause it's been nearly 24 hours since of this as of this recording since me and Jeff saw it. Um, obviously, we saw it in different ends of the world. I saw it in Nor Southern California. Jeff saw it in Northern California. But um, what was unique for our experiences is that you know since we're still in a pandemic, um, and we were talking about this actually before we recorded, but um, you know masks and social distancing aside it was really great to be back in a movie theater again and i'm really proud that this was the movie that um reintroduced me back into the movie going experience and i'm really proud that instead of since i have hbo max i was tempted but you know i persevered i waited till i watched it in theaters and then i could just re-watch clips if need be on hbo max just so that i could re um reaffirm any like thoughts or ideas i had while um doing this for this podcast but uh, yeah um how was actually i know we did talk about it, but how was it actually uh overall your experience let's see uh so the last time i was at the theater it was for uh for the movie freaky uh the the vince vaughn movie and prior to that uh you know, when all, all theaters had uh, the ones that managed to stay open, all they had were older movies. And uh, so in late October, I actually got to see Halloween on the big screen. And that, that was, uh, that was awesome. I've always wanted to see it, uh, to see it in a theater. Um, but shortly after that, uh, they shut down all over again. And as Godzilla versus Kong was starting, starting to, uh, you know, get closer to release. I kind of accepted it a long time ago that, all right, well, movie theaters don't look like they're opening up anytime soon. So HBO Max, it is whatever. 
uh, you know, I have access to to a decent TV. It's fine. Uh, but pretty much at the last minute, theaters open back up. I snagged tickets right away. And I'm very happy that I was able to experience a movie that I've unironically waited uh, probably over 20 years for in a movie theater. And uh, yeah, the long and short of it is, flaws aside, I fucking dug it. I was actually, you know, I've been curious what your thoughts were because um, I, I told you that, like, um, let's not tell each other what we think until we've actually sat down and started recording this. So, yep, that that is surprising coming from you. And let's just get right into it. So, Godzilla vs Kong. It is, as we said, a rematch nearly sixty years in the making. The last time they fought was in nineteen fifty nine. No, nineteen sixty. Two, correct yes yeah 19 i don't know why i was thinking 1959 but yeah 1962 and kong won that first time around and this time um i think it i mean i kind of liked you know i will say i think the marketing kind of fooled everyone into thinking that kong was going to be the winner by the way we are going full deep into spoilers so um i think if you if you want to know what we think um, overall, um, I think for me, um, you know, it is everything you want in a kaiju movie. It is excellent monster fights. I really enjoyed the world building in this story. Um, I like how Kong gets more of a Kong gets more of a focus because we've had plenty. We've had like two movies that really focused on Godzilla, and we haven't really we didn't we haven't really gotten to know Kong more just aside from skull island so it was really great to see him get more fleshed out a bit and i really you know i enjoyed the human characters but you know they're really it, to be honest they're really just there to move the story along um i mean it'd be great to just have the monsters by themselves but um you unfortunately you need like people to move the story as it is typical for a kaiju film but yeah for me that is all that aside, like this, but the story is pretty basic. I I think it's basically like um, two monsters um, going to fight to each other. There is a third threat in the midst um, that threatens to destroy all of humanity in the process, and Godzilla and Kong. And then you find out there's a whole other like part of the world that is yet to be explored. And so I really. Th- from there it's it just goes into typical kaiju fanfare so that is my thoughts jeff what were your like quick spoiler free thoughts uh so it pretty much delivered on what i wanted the um i just wanted i wanted a ton of visually pleasing shots that that i will probably change in and out of of uh of my uh wallpaper desktop uh <laughs> you know i i wanted uh i wanted there to be an actual dynamic and it definitely delivered on that um i didn't want the humans to be uh to be as center focused we'll uh, get into that in a moment um mm-hmm. uh, 
and honestly, it uh, I've never had higher expectations for a fight because this is kind of because uh, I mean, even if you've never seen King Kong versus Godzilla, the the original movie, the image of them fighting is so iconic in pop culture, and it's just one of those classic battles and to to have it uh you know to have that rematch finally with modern technology i honestly feel there hasn't been more uh pressure on expectations for a fight in uh, in recent memory and it delivered it absolutely delivered so overall go see it but if you can, if you feel safe doing it, go see it on the big screen. That's the that's. It is the way it's meant to be seen, and I'm really glad that I'm I'm I mean I'm I, I'm really glad I got to see it in theaters, and I know Jeff, you are ecstatic that you got to see it in theaters. So, oh yeah, yeah. So that is our spoiler three. That is our spoiler free short discussion. If um if you want to know more. Go watch the movie first and then come back and listen to us talk. But Jeff, let's get right into it. And let me start with what I thought was going to be why I how I thought you were going to hate this movie, to be honest, because you said to me before and you said this in our Kong Squad Island review, you wanted a bloody fight to the death, a brutal bloody fight to the death that didn't happen. So I was so I remember when you texted me last night and you were like, uh, this will be very interesting to talk about tomorrow. So I was, I was, yeah, I'm very curious how you felt. And when you just said flaws aside, you dug it. I was very surprised. So Jeff, um, yeah. How, so how come it worked? How come you weren't bothered by this? Let's, let's um, get into it. Well, for one, I, I feel, uh, Godzilla totally won. He totally fucking. Oh won. yeah, Godzilla totally was gonna win. And I said, and I said just previously too that the marketing really fooled and everyone thinking that Kong was gonna win. But let's face it, Godzilla is the is truly the king of the monsters. He right. may be. He may be. You know, Kong may be iconic, but let's face it, Godzilla has more staying power i guess if that makes any sense but continue well what's uh, what's kind of interesting uh, going off what you just said uh by the time uh by the time the original uh, king kong versus godzilla came out it was actually kong that was far more popular because at that at that point yeah uh, godzilla only had a, a two other appearances like one very beloved movie and a sequel that kind of flopped and uh and so Godzilla coming back and uh, you know, the first time both monsters appearing in, in color, you know, it was very, uh, it's a very important point in history for both of those characters. But at the time King Kong already had what, like 30 plus years of, of established uh, pop culture. Yeah. Nearly over pretty much over 30 years. Cause 1933 was the first, king kong movie and then yeah when you get to 1962 it had been like yeah over 30 years at that point yeah exactly but uh but over time uh godzilla continued to become a larger icon in a way churning out infinitely more movies and 
Uh, you know, after that, we had uh, the 76 remake, which I haven't seen in forever, but I just remember being kind of kind of OK. Uh, King Kong Lives is a hilariously terrible movie. Starring uh, Linda Hamilton, correct? Oh, Linda Hamilton's so hot in that movie, though. <laughs> 80s Linda Hamilton, man, that oh, weakness. Uh, but then we finally got the Peter Jackson movie, and we'll definitely talk about that on another episode but uh short version of my take is that i think that's one of the best remakes ever put to film i love that fucking movie and when it came to kong skull island i really enjoyed it because i loved uh what a different take it was on the character and uh but but in between all those movies there was at least a decade, a decade or two plus in between all those films. So King Kong never left the public consciousness, but Godzilla grew into a far bigger franchise that no one really anticipated. And, uh, you know, even though the 98 film, you know, flopped, he still was able to cement himself into a greater worldwide, uh, a greater worldwide audience is what you're getting yeah, at. Yeah, pretty, pretty much, pretty much. And so it was actually kind of interesting hearing, because uh, I I kept asking people, hey, you team Godzilla or team Kong? And it was actually pretty even, which kind of surprised me. Hmm. And, and I always thought that this would be a really interesting fight because I would not have been able to actually guess a winner because both monsters had their advantages and disadvantages and what i thought this movie did so very well was uh you know for the two fights there are have both creatures fighting in their uh, superior element uh so when uh so you're you're able to see how godzilla and kong fight in the open ocean you know, that's that's a territory where Godzilla thrives in. And mm-hmm. and then uh, the second fight in Hong Kong, uh, you know, you're, you're able to see Kong be far more agile, you know, swing from buildings and able to use all these different uh, different maneuvers on Godzilla trying trying to outsmart him. And and so that's what I really appreciated about about the fights in these in the, in this movie, just how it was able to really deliver on on the potential of of this of this rematch and as far as the final stare down uh or before before mecha godzilla shows up and i'll I'll get into him later <laughs> uh so with uh i loved how uh well for one the image of godzilla just crawling towards kong like like a fucking alligator or something it, it looked that was pretty fucking like awesome i'm not gonna lie that looked great and i loved how godzilla kept scratching at his chest as kong kept backing up like he really felt really brutal too yeah it it is and so that so that's where i felt the the fight really did deliver on the brutality that i wanted to see and when godzilla's just stepping on kong's chest and uh just roaring right in his face trying to assure dominance but kong just roars right back and Godzilla just doesn't even kill him right there. Like he he knows he won. And 
uh, the way he just kind of starts walking away, just basically implying, I'm king, bitch. <laughs> and yeah, as far as uh, the final uh, the final fight as well, I can't stress enough how happy I am that every fight has perfect lighting conditions. Yeah, so that's a major like complaint that's been throughout all the at least the Godzilla movies in the in the MonsterVerse. So when you watch Godzilla 2014, one of our biggest complaints was that it, the lighting was just way too dark. For whatever reason, you could not see the fights happen, and it was raining and shit and whatnot. Um, I, I I wonder if it had to do with just how the effects, if they were trying to mask and the of the effects, and so that's why they shot all those. They had those fights take place at night, and then um, when Godzilla fights King Ghidorah, I mean, you can actually see the difference between 2014 and King of the Monsters is that. Sure, it's still raining and it's dark outside, like it's nighttime. You can still see the fight happen between Ghidorah and Godzilla. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely better, but if they just took out the rain, I think it would have looked a lot better. I think, yeah, I think it has to do with the fact that they're hiding. Do you think they're hiding like the CGI in no, by using the rain? No, I I think it was. I think that was just a creative choice, and mm-hmm. and because I mean if you just look at some of those isolated shots uh, from some of the fight scenes, it, it looks awesome. Yeah. But to have that be the only way to see the fights, uh, if, if there was a little more variety in environment uh, or like uh, in terms of weather conditions for having these fights, then I think it would have fared a lot better. It kind of reminds me of, it kind of reminds me of, um, not Batman v Superman, but I'm sure we're going to make comparisons to that later. But I was going to say more. The I know you haven't seen it, but Matrix Revolution. So the very end where Neo fights Agent Smith um, in the is, Matrix, and he and Agent Smith the, is over. Isn't that, that? One, isn't that the one where there's like a hundred Mister Smiths? Um, well, there's Matrix Reloaded, and then there's Matrix Revolutions, where pretty much Smith has become. Well, Smith has become a virus and pretty much takes over the entire Matrix. Is that the one and with the base? Is that the one with the meme face? Uh, yeah, the one where he goes. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, laughing. but I haven't seen the movie. But because of that scene, I love it. You know that meme face. <laughs> I love that face. But I was gonna say that fight. So I mean, that ending climax fight. It's shot in the rain at night, and so that fight is pretty. I mean. For whatever I mean, I I think it I think you're right. I think it mainly comes down to a stylistic choice. I mean, like your epic fight between your two main like characters, your protagonist and your antagonist, for whatever reason, like yeah, let's have them like have it out in the rain at night. It's kind of well, like Corey Hart going, "I wear my sunglasses at night." Well, plus, um, uh, well, plus, like uh, Kong Skull Island's climax, you know, took was shot during in, the day, so that's a yeah. completely different thing. Well, because I mean, in uh, in Godzilla '98, they uh, you know the, the whole reason it was raining throughout that entire movie was because it uh, it was able to hide some of the weaknesses in the CGI. And, See, there you go. Yeah, but, but then again, that's early CGI to be. Yeah, fair, and but... so yeah, that 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 was a 1998. So mm-hmm. it's it's fine. It, I, I feel like with that, I I can kind of give it a pass, but. Uh, but by the time King of the Monsters rolls out, you know, that's that's over 20 years of technological advancements in filmmaking. And 
so it's I, I think it's pretty clear that it was a stylistic choice and it kind of pays off but at the same time it kind of also compromises the experience a little bit well so then let's so then you get to i mean so obviously so the first fight between kong and godzilla that takes place in the ocean yep and it's during the day so you can definitely see the fight and well obviously that whole entire thing is a cgi uh it was basically made in a computer that entire fight but i like how you get to see it at night i mean there's kind of a little bit of darkness there just because you do see him fight underwater so it has more of a blue tint to it um but once here's where I appreciate it. So their fi- their final like two fights between the two of each other when they fight at night in Hong Kong. Why why I think it works is because you have the bright Hong Kong like um, cityscape and the lights illuminating the fight. So that's why the fight works much better Plus compared it, to the previous it, fights. It just looks really fucking cool too. Oh well, yeah, it does look fucking <laughs> pretty cool in it too. By the way, so. There was one moment where I actually was thinking of Godzilla '98, and so you know how when they're, you know how Kong is sailing to Antarctica, uh-huh. and they feed him a whole bunch of fish, and I'm like, I thought I could think of Yes, I, I almost said it out loud in the theater in in hope, in hoping that someone would would get the reference. I'm glad you and I are on the same page on that because I was just thinking, I just hear Matthew Broderick in my head just going, "That's a lot of fish." I would love it if he would just crash as many screenings as possible. Just, just to oh my that. God. like he, he just says the line and walks away. <laughs> That's right. That's for not liking my movie assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I know you miss me. <laughs> uh, we have to talk about that movie at some point, don't we? Oh God. Yeah. Okay. I, I figured. Okay. But yeah, um, I was very surprised by just how well, I mean, yeah, how well lit this is. And um, what I really would like to discuss, um, I mean, we'll get to the human characters because, you know, they're fine. They're there. I will say, uh, I really fucking wish the final fight took place in Tokyo. Would have made a, would have been a hell of a lot more fun or a hell of a lot more. I, I feel like that, that would have brought it all full full circle. Well, then again, Tokyo has been destroyed so many times in Godzilla but movies and just if, in general. If you're going to rematch King Kong and Godzilla, you might as I well put them, put them in Japan. You know, I kind of wonder if having them fight in Hong Kong had to do with, um, kind of had to do with more of, um, you know how like a lot of movies, modern Hollywood blockbusters today cater to Chinese audiences. So I wonder if that was the case. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sounds about right. I mean, cause I, before this movie was released in the States, it was making a killing overseas. Apparently like apparently like China, it's really big in China right now. I think I'm not too positive, but yeah, I heard it was making a killing overseas. Yeah. No, honestly, I, I just, I hope this movie makes a shitload of money. And I do too. Cause like, um, because so, um, I'm looking forward to seeing mortal Kombat, and I was really looking forward to seeing it on April 16th. And then I heard that they're pushing it back to the following week, April 23rd. And at first I was kind of pissed. And then I realized I, I, I was a little pissed, but I'm not as much anymore. Cause I'm like, all right. And, um, and I think the reason why it got pushed back is cause they want, I think Warner brothers wants to make sure that there's enough ticket revenue 
for Godzilla versus Kong, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, it, if if anything, I, I hope Godzilla versus Kong is what starts the trend of welcoming people back to uh, back, back to the theaters, because I I kind of accepted the demise of theaters on, you know, like on what we were all accustomed to. But knowing that this movie is making a killing right now, that it, it gives me a little bit of hope. Well, the only difference there is that most of the, I mean, we here, I mean, obviously, so me and Jeff, we live in California, we live in the United States. And obviously the United States has not handled the pandemic very well. Whereas I feel like in most of the other countries where it's making a killing, those are the countries that have handled um, the pandemic a lot better. And that's why I think more people are flocking to the theaters. So that could be a whole other reason why. So, I mean, people, although to be fair, you know, there are a lot of, there, there are many Americans here who are very, you know, antsy about getting the hell out of their houses and going back out and rejoining society. So hopefully, but um, if they I, do go outside, they'll they'll still play it safe. They'll like they'll still go outside and you know do the right. Hopefully, you know social distance and mask up or whatnot. I don't. I hate to go. I, I don't. I don't want to go too far in that. But my point is, I hope they're safe as they're watching the movies. Well, at the same time, I feel people are just so eager to feel normal again, and I do agree with that too. And I feel like a movie like this something that doesn't require much thought while viewing and it's just a a great return to what a summer blockbuster is even though it's march but it it's totally it's got that feeling of a summer blockbuster because yeah, it, it was meant for may of 2020 correct yeah and so yeah so that was supposed to be this was totally supposed to be a summer movie so something that just delivers on on uh on scale, spectacle, oh, and yeah. gives you a really, it's Godzilla versus Kong. Mm-hmm. Like, who doesn't want to see that fight? Well, kind of, a, you know, it, it's funny, because I was, so after, um, so it was a whole bunch of me and a couple of my friends from work who all went, and after the movie, we basically stood around the parking lot like buy our cars, just talking about it. And like, um, we were all just pretty much discussing the whole thing. And I think, ah, shit, what was one of the things I was trying to think of? Um, but, uh, ah, shit, I'll, I'll try and come, I'll try and come back to it. But I mean, okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's the fact that this is kind of a, if you kind of think about the previous, at least the previous two Godzilla movies, were kind of, kind of had more of an emotional death and heart to those store to their movies. Is that what that um, was? <laughs> but my point is, is you there you you were invested in. I I mean, the, my point is, you were like they there was a little bit something different to them. And like I was talking to one of the guys today, and he meant he pretty much mentioned that this movie kind of feels compared to the rest of the monsterverse movies it kind of feels like the most dumb water dumbed down movie so that it's more of a blockbuster spectacle and that hopefully it'll get more people in the seats because the reason why king of the monsters kind of did not do so well as it did is because um the only 
monsters that people really i mean the only monster that audiences in america really knew was godzilla i mean like do you know how i don't think the average like america knows who mothra is or who who rodan is or who king Ghidorah is unless you're you know a casual like godzilla fan or a diehard kaiju fan or whatnot but here like everyone knows who at least king kong is and everyone knows who godzilla is those two are the big fight that you know they're the main they're the main like uh they're the main fight of the night and um you also have another kaiju element and that's mecha godzilla we'll get into him uh in a moment but yeah i feel it i think he's kind of got a point though in terms of like it it kind of feels i mean there's definitely a lot of great world building in here and there's definitely a good buildup toward the fight, but, and the way the fight, the victor, like the way the victor is, you know, revealed is appropriate, but I don't know. I felt like you kind of, he is kind of right. It, it does kind of feel a little dumbed down. And I was curious how you felt on that. Um, honestly, the, uh, I mean, should we just jump into the character department? Yeah, let, f- fuck it. Let's get into it because I feel like this is going to go straight into it. So, yeah, let's go ahead. Uh, let's see. I Damn it. I keep forgetting to pull up the IMDb page. Uh, it's all right. I got the Wikipedia page right here, but go yeah, ahead. Just so it shows what a professional I am. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, so when it came to some of the returning characters like Kyle Chandler, uh, Millie Bobby Brown, Kyle Chandler didn't do shit. And Millie no, he didn't. was... I don't know what it was. She was so goddamn annoying in this movie. I mean, she's a great actress, but she, I mean, you know, she's, she's only really there to try and, I mean, her role in the movie is to try and figure out what, you know, the evil humans are up to. Yeah. I mean, like, um, I, I understand the purpose of her character, you know, being there, but I just didn't care about her as a character. And the fact that Kyle Chandler did absolutely nothing in this movie, uh, He's probably in it for about two and a half minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I think I mean, one of the biggest crimes of this movie is wasting is, is yeah, wa- is, right? is wasting Julian uh, Dennison because that kid is fucking hilarious. Like, oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Lance Reddick because Lance Reddick, you know, he's he's got a major billing in this movie. I don't think he was only I think he was only on screen for like maybe seven seconds. Yeah, yeah, no, honestly, when he showed up, I was like, is that Lance Reddick? And yep, it's... I was like, so I I wonder if he had a larger role that maybe just got added. I read, so I read, according to an interview with Adam Wingard, the director, apparently, you know, there's a, there is a longer version of this cut. Really, hashtag, release the longer version of Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> but, yeah, I read somewhere that apparently Lance Reddick had a a, diff, a much bigger role. There was an earlier scene and they decided, um, apparently Wingard said, yeah, we didn't need that scene in the end. And then apparently Zhang Zi was supposed to come back playing her character from uh, King of the Monsters, Jessica Henwick, who, um, if anyone watches, uh, the Marvel Netflix show, she was calling wing in iron fist. She was supposed to play a role in this movie, but their scenes overall were ultimately cut from the final film. So that so it kind of it's it's interesting how little how more how little of a focus 
a lot of the human characters are kind of put to the side and it really kind of remind, or yeah i was gonna say it kind of reminds me of uh of matthew fox just showing up for a fraction of a second in world war z because his entire uh subplot for for the original ending was completely cut out mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of mission impossible i think it was ghost protocol um i'm trying here uh, yeah because i like there is like he only show there's this particular actor who only shows up oh god it, he was from lost um i think it was josh holloway yeah like josh yeah. holloway he only shows up in the he's only in like one like flashback scene in the entire movie in the very beginning and then he's he's dead like they kill him off right there so i wonder if if it was I, there could have been multiple reasons why they cut a lot of, cut some of these actors out or cut them for time. I think it had to do with time and just budget. I would have been my best guess, but you know, I didn't really care about the, about uh, the, uh, the Godzilla side of the human characters. What I was more fascinated with was the uh, Kong side of the human characters. And I felt like those were the real human stars of the movie, especially Kaylee Hoddle, I guess is her name plays Gia the deaf Iwi native who uh, forms that bond with Kong. And I found out that she is indeed deaf and apparently her entire family is deaf. So I, I really, I liked how they utilized her in this movie as just like um, a way to communicate with Kong. And by the way, that leads to one of the biggest twists with Kong is that Kong can kind of talk through sign language. And I, I appreciated that, that he could actually do that. It shows that Kong is a lot more advanced than a lot of people give him credit for. And I don't know how you feel about that, but I thought that was a unique um, twist to him. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that in a sec, because I, uh, I, I didn't get to uh, finish my previous point. Yeah, go uh, ahead, though. So, uh, so Julian Tennyson, I was actually really excited that he was cast in this movie, because, I mean... Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People is one of my favorite comedies ever. And I like that kid's fucking funny. And um, did you like him in he, Deadpool 2 by any chance? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm so meh on, on that movie that it's it's kind of a blur to me at this point. Um, but uh, what the fuck was I going to say? God, God damn it, Eric. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you're basically saying how they kind of underutilized him quite a bit in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so what I feel they should have done is not even have his character and, uh, and replace him with, uh, with Kyle Chandler so that he actually has something to do. And that, that could have been a better dynamic. Uh, cause, uh, man, they, they wasted, uh, uh, Brian Henry. Cause that, that dude is one of my favorite, uh, uh, favorite rising stars right now because he i don't know if you saw the uh the child's play remake but he is the absolute standout in that movie mm-hmm. and i couldn't stand his character in this movie though uh i kind of like you were saying uh the whole human angle on the godzilla side of the plot is kind of a drag uh it would have been better if there was a more interesting dynamic going on. And I mean, the, I mean, they're, uh, 
they're still relevant to the plot, but when you when you think back on the movie, it, it's like it the flow and pacing kind of deflates a little bit. Uh, it kind of it kind of brings it to a halt for me because I was really more invested on Kong side of the story rather as opposed to Godzilla side of the story. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much whenever they were on screen, I just started zoning out. Mm-hmm. Also, they were kind of played for more cheap laughs. If anything, I'm going to be brutally honest. Whereas the more emotional elements came from the Kong side of the story, and um, yeah, I, I was, you know, it's another wasted potential in terms of human characters. You have Shun Ogri, who plays Ren Sarazawa, the son of Ishiro Sarazawa, who is yeah, Ken Watanabe's character. They didn't do shit with him. Yeah, they didn't do shit with the character. And so apparently, the way I, apparently the way I kind of saw, like based upon his character's description, I think that he was supposed to be, he, I think he was supposed to be more of like. The reason why he's doing all this is because he felt that his father relied too, way too much on the Titans, especially Gojira or Godzilla. And um, he he wanted to find a way to make sure that humans were on top so that we did not rely on the Titans as much. See, I, and I think that's why. But I, I hated how they didn't dive into that. It would have made his character so much more better see, and like, more engaging. Why, why do all these MonsterVerse movies focus on the wrong characters? Godzilla 2014, Brian Cranston, most interesting character. There we go again. No, no we're we're gonna focus on his plank of wood son. Uh uh Kong Skull Island. Uh honestly, I thought John C. Riley had the most interesting, uh interesting backstory. And no, like we're we're gonna focus on Tom Hiddleston, like generic action man, and Godzilla King of the Monsters. Uh, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> Sarazawa, I guess. Well, no, I uh, think, you know what? I did like Kyle Chandler's character in King of the Monsters. I think he was the true leading man of that movie. He, he definitely was. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of feel that the writing let, uh, let them down. Uh, mm-hmm. even though everyone was, uh, like no one was obviously half-assing their performances, but the writing just wasn't very strong to, to support them. And, um, but I don't know, like I, I felt, uh, even, even in that movie, uh, uh, Sarazawa was, was the most in- interesting character and he didn't get enough screen time. And with this movie, I, I guess the only person I truly liked was, uh, Shit, what was the the little uh what was the deaf girl's name? Gia. Gia. Gia, yes, yes. Uh I thought she was fantastic. And without conveying any dialogue, she's able to bring such a wholesome humanity to to her role. And the moments that she has with Kong are are kind of the heart of the movie, I would say. Mm-hmm. And it uh it it definitely uh it could have easily underperformed all around on the character department, but that relationship between Gia and Kong really saved it. I agree. Cause I mean, this is, I, I, again, I really appreciated more that element of the human story than I did 
anything else in terms of Godzilla side. I mean, Kong side was just so much more engaging. I liked Alexander Skarsgård and Rebecca Hall's characters a lot more than I did anyone that was returning. Um, as much as I like Isa Gonzalez, um, she's just playing generic. Um, I like how she said, like, she's not forced into a stereotype or she says that in an interview that like, she's not forced into a stereotype. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're playing, you know, everyone's gener- a stereotype. Yeah. Every, oh yeah. Everyone's playing a stereotype. She's playing the generic, um, underling of evil CEO. Um, in this case, she's the daughter and she's just making sure that everyone, um, <laughs> that like they're getting to the hollow earth and that they get, uh, the power source needed to power Mecha Godzilla. And um, by the way, I love as much as I would love to have seen her around. And gosh, she's just, she's a fine specimen of human being. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I promised I would not, I promised I wouldn't do that to myself, but I will say I do like her death in this movie. We're back. So she, so like she gets into her, her craft or whatnot with her crew and Kong just grabs a craft slowly just looks at it and she's like no 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 crunch that <laughs> into a fireball of explosions that was beautiful that was fucking wonderful so and, let what was that uh i mean i was just gonna say uh one thing that i i really did appreciate also is is uh taking kong to these different environments that we've never seen him before like i i just liked the imagery of kong in antarctica because mm-hmm. I've I don't think he's ever been in the snow, at least on on film. He's never been in a snowy environment. And with um uh and then when it came to uh the hollow earth, it was such a trippy uh trippy world. And I'm, let's I'm, get into hollow earth. I yeah. think this is so I, Hollow Earth is here. Why don't you go ahead? Uh, I'll so let it, you take the I will on this. say I'm I'm conflicted a, a little on it. Uh, not at all in terms of visual uh, visual presentation because it's it's a really fucking cool looking. But with uh, when you start with Godzilla 2014, it's such a grounded approach, and especially with uh, with the monsters being so slow lumbering beasts. And the fact that so much of the action is shot from a human perspective and it, uh, it, it makes it feel like what if this were to really happen? And then you get to this movie and it just says, fuck it, let's go crazy. (laughs) And it kind of, it kind of felt like the natural progression of, uh, of the Showa era Godzilla movies, how, the first movie, uh, you know, the first movie is, is such a serious film and it, uh, it treats Godzilla very seriously as as this symbol of destruction. And but then by the time you get to like Godzilla versus Megalon, it's batshit insanity. And that's what I kind of feel has been the progression of the MonsterVerse movies. And where they, they kind of became self-aware in a way where they're basically thinking this human thing isn't really gelling for us and people just really want to see monsters fuck each other up. So 
Let's do that. Well, a lot right. of that. Well, I think, but, you know, no one really goes to those. Like, I think we, I, we mentioned, you know, no one really goes to I'm not to going to Godzilla movies. versus Kong for character depth. Pretty much. You're really going in for it for to see a giant lizard and a giant monkey duke it out, pretty much. <laughs> That's what you're going to see it for. This is basically um, Blockbuster 101, giant attractions. No one gives a shit about the human side or, you know, a story. You go in it just to see them fight. And that's pretty much about it. See, what I uh, what I really appreciate about the action in this movie is that. Sorry, I was chewing on ice uh, <laughs> as I was earlier, uh, is that all the action is not presented in a terrible Michael Bay fashion where all the shots are uh, everything schizophrenic. Everything is ecstatic. The shots last probably two to three seconds on average. You can't tell what the fuck is going on. In this in this movie, you can easily follow everything. It it holds on the shots. There's a lot of really creative camera uh, camera tricks. Like I love that. Uh, I love that 360 spin uh, during uh, during their first fight that they did. That shit was really cool. Oh yeah, and uh, and yeah, it's. It, it it definitely because I feel like the entirety of this movie depended on you know like the overall reception of this movie would have been squarely judged on that fight, and so I feel everyone involved knew that okay, we can't fuck this up, <laughs> and and so that's why I feel like they listened to. Every complaint from the uh, from the other movies about uh, about fighting in uh, in these obscure conditions, and the fact that the final fight in this movie between uh, Godzilla Kong and Mechagodzilla, it's in the middle of the city, bright as day, and it was beautiful. <laughs> Can I just say real quickly that, um, and I'll, this is my question for you. Did Kong? I know. Did Godzilla seem like this is the fastest you've ever seen a move in any movie he's been in? He definitely has, and I kind of feel that. Uh, I kind of feel that they that that ties back to what I was saying about uh, about uh, you know about how Godzilla was portrayed in the original movie compared to uh, like the end of the show era, and how Godzilla just moves a lot more freely and uh at that point that's when the movies were really just focused on the fights and it kind of uh it kind of just said fuck it to physics and whatever was previously established and just went for whatever would make the fight look cooler Mm -hmm. well speaking of what's gonna make the fight look cooler let's talk about we've talked about well Let's go back. Well, actually, I would actually like to touch back on the Hollow Earth because I thought that concept was just very fascinating. Um, What I what I liked about it is just how how it looked, how like apparently you apparently like there's an upside down and there's a and there's a regular side down. How you basically like it is very different from how, um, you know, the the regular world works like obviously the gravitational pull is very far different from um, that. And I was very, I was very surprised by how it turned out. Um, what I was also really, you know, really fascinated with was um, 
so they say that all Titans originate from the hollow earth. And so apparently this is where Kong's ancestors and his family come from. So I was very curious by like how his throne, how like the, how his home, like his throne room, like the Kong throne, like his species throne room looked like apparently like they didn't really dive into it, but it's very much inferred. Like they said in the trailers, but it's very much inferred that at one point, like Godzilla's species and Kong species fought for dominance and obviously you can see that um obvious that you know kong species has an upside in terms of in terms of intelligence or in terms of like yeah in terms of intelligence and craftiness because when you see kong pick up that giant like axe that has a dorsal fin from one of kong species on it and you real and you see how it like glows up and everything you're like huh and then you also see how like that entire throne room, throne room is constructed like did were there humans that constructed it that lived on the hollow earth were it was it kong species that were just they knew they were did they construct it themselves i was very curious about that i was curious how you felt about it hmm i feel like with when it came to the uh visual approach for uh for the hollow earth i think it also ties back to what i was previously saying fuck it Let's throw on whatever would look the coolest. <laughs> and so who built that throne room? I don't know, but it looks cool, <laughs> but it looks fucking cool. Like, like how do the physics really work in this world? I don't know. Fuck it. It looks really I cool. <laughs> how do you like some of the creature designs that like, or some of the creatures that show up in the hollow earth? I like those like flying cobras that Kong has to fight at one point. Those, those were, were interesting. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I thought those things were really cool. Especially when I, Kong ripped one of the heads off and just drank the blood from it. Apparently. I swear to God, I thought I saw uh, Anguirus show up for a brief second, but it upon uh, upon second viewing, it wasn't. And I was kind of bummed. Like, yeah, that would have been. A well, cool apparently, apparently in Godzilla King of the Monsters, like there's like some when they travel to the underwater temple that Kong lives in. And um on some of the cave paintings, apparently Anguirus is on there. So at one point, Anguirus was part of this universe, but maybe Kong maybe killed... No, not Kong. Godzilla maybe killed him at some point. Really wanted to see it. I know. I know. But, but yeah. So let's talk about the other creature in this movie. A very mechanical creature, and that is... One of the worst kept secrets. Yes, one of the kept secrets because of the toys. The <laughs> fucking toys basically spoiled it. But okay, so I love Mechagodzilla. He is one of my favorite uh, favorite characters in all of Toho's kaiju, like God kaiju verse or whatnot. And um, my favorite design of Godzilla, Mechagodzilla, is Kiryu from Godzilla against Mechagodzilla and Godzilla uh, Tokyo SOS. And um, I was just. I, I mean, in execution, I love how God Mechagodzilla is in this movie, but I don't know. I still could not get behind that design in that movie. I I still don't know how to feel about it because at the I don't know, like it felt a little scrawny in a way, and because uh, I was looking at the original designs and. It uh, it looked like they just uh, it looked like it was definitely etched off the 
the skeletal structure of Godzilla. And that was literally the case in Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. Um, but I, I don't know. It's, it's definitely different. And in terms of how it was actually performing in the fight scene, it was still really cool because, you know, even though I'm conflicted on Mechagodzilla's design, I'm watching King Kong and Godzilla fight Mechagodzilla. And I thought, that shit's cool. One of my favorite it's shots really in the movie. Cool. One of my favorite shots in the movie was seeing uh, Godzilla and Mechagodzilla fire their atomic that uh, was breaths so at each fantastic. other. That was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. And honestly, when I when I heard Mechagodzilla was going to be in this movie, I got really fucking scared because I was so convinced that it was going to that he was just going to be Doomsday from Batman versus Superman. Just a famous villain that that pretty much everyone recognizes and just shoved in it into the last last act of the movie and very to little build up, uh, you know, established to him coming in. And it this movie does and doesn't do that because I, I feel even though I don't like that subplot of uh, Millie Bobby Brown and friends walking, uh, roaming around and eventually uh, discovering Mecha. It does establish the greater threat in the whole grand scheme of things. Yeah. At least, at least that's part of the central plot. At least, uh, at least there's a decent enough buildup. At least we get to see him on full display uh, prior to fighting Godzilla and Kong. So it was handled. It could have been handled so much worse. And I feel, I felt this movie got the balance just right enough. And would I have, chosen to keep him in the movie probably not but the fact he's in the movie and i never thought i would see king kong and mechagodzilla ever fighting in my lifetime so fuck it <laughs> so it, like, it goes back like to every, the, every back. time it's like every time i start to form a complaint around this movie i come up with a justifiable reason <laughs> To, to defend it because it's like but it's really fucking cool <laughs> it's like this doesn't make any goddamn sense but fuck it i'm okay with it yeah exactly at at this point this movie just it goes for it and it's it got godzilla right i love the fact that he is portrayed as finally an antagonist because even though i liked how they portrayed him in uh in the 2014 and uh, King of the Monsters, part of me just wished that he was a straight up bad guy because that's when Godzilla's the most badass. And even though like he's technically on the defensive, just seeing it like if you just watch those scenes in isolation, like like I did on uh, HBO Max. Uh, thank you for the uh, uh, thank you for letting me. You're welcome. Uh, You're welcome. Leech off of that. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, just seeing Godzilla swim up, swim up to shore. People are running away in fear, and he's like swatting jets out at right out of the air. And he's blowing, blowing atomic breath on everyone and all the buildings. That's fucking Godzilla. <laughs> well, 
it's funny because you, you know you do find out why he's attacking. And it's because yeah, like, like, and I like, wanted to bring this up. I wanted to bring this up too, is because obviously you think it's Mecha Godzilla that he's finding, but you realize, and it's a call. And I'm glad that they brought this back. It's the head of King Ghidorah, which I thought King awesome. Ghidorah's consciousness. I like how it's King Ghidorah's consciousness that's being like, well, it you know it's his neural uplink or his it, neural. It, it's basically network. Like- it's kind of it's weird like it's like we're getting the uh the persona of mecha king Ghidorah mm-hmm. ex- like just through the body, the body of, 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 Mechi, of, of mecha, mecha, mecha godzilla. godzilla yeah and i and i and it's like so god's and the reason why he's so the reason why he's doing all this is because he knows his big bad arch nemesis from the from the previous movie or just from his life is still around and so he's basically hunting his arch nemesis still. And as a result, it looks like he's attacking the world. So it, it's a good explanation for it. But, and, and as a result, you get to see Godzilla finally be the antagonist for once, which is great. Although I wonder, cause I still don't quite understand why he attacked Kong the first time around. Is it just because, you know, they're mortal enemies and that's why he's just like, there can't be two alpha Titans. I would say yes, but also fuck it. <laughs> Like it's, I don't really need a reason, man. I came well, to that's see the th- fight Kong. It gave me that. I'm happy. Well, pretty much that's the overall theme of this episode, folks. Fuck it. Exactly. You're seeing, you're seeing a great. You're seeing something great happen. You don't care how stupid it is. Fuck it. If you're <laughs> fuck if, everything. <laughs> fuck if, everything. If just throw all your logic out the window. Just enjoy what's going on and be along for the ride. God damn it. If your theater serves alcohol, indulge yourself because there's never been a better opportunity for something like this. Unless you're driving, never drink while, uh, never drive while drinking. Or you get the fucking idea. Or never mind. Ah, jeez. Anyway, so anyways, yeah, I, I, again, I, I, pre- that's what I appreciate about. It, but, um, but yeah. So overall, Jeff, I think in the grand scheme of things, fuck it. Doesn't matter, flaws aside, Godzilla versus Kong, beautiful. <laughs> it's uh like I don't give a shit about the humans uh, f- for the most part. Uh but my god, the plot is batshit insanity. It delivers on on this fight that I've wanted to see almost as long as I can remember. And the fact that this movie got made. And on top of the fact that it's actually kind of good because a movie, uh, a movie you never thought could exist gets made and sucks. And that's a really shitty feeling. But the fact that it doesn't really apply here and it delivers on what it promises. I can't help but commend Adam Wingard and, and, and crew because my God, the special effects in this movie are fucking amazing. And it's quite a visual impressive feat. I will say that much. Yeah. And so it's, I'm happy that because I, I kind of get the feeling that this is the last monster verse movie we're going to get. It feels like they tied it with a pretty tight bow. Uh, you know, all the, all the major antagonists are defeated. Uh, you know, Godzilla gets to rule uh, 
Hyrule, I guess. <laughs> he gets to rule above ground, and then Kong gets to rule Hollow Earth, essentially. It's over, Kong. I have the high ground. I fucking had to. <laughs> uh, you underestimate my power. Don't try it. Uh, so I mean, you are my brother, Anakin. <laughs> I loved you. <laughs> you know what speaking of speaking of music wise we're totally talking about the prequels someday i don't know about that um at least revenge of the sith i'd be down to talk about that one but you know what speaking of music um i was thinking for whatever reason i was thinking of the justice of like the justice league soundtrack at, at points when I was listening to this, I'm like, why am I thinking of the justice league soundtrack? And then I remembered, Oh yeah. Junkie XL scored this one too. Yes, he did. Um, how'd you feel about his score actually real quickly? I thought it was okay. Um, I, I loved the, uh, I love the bombastic, uh, uh, I, I don't know if they were trumpets or, or whatever, but, uh, during the first confrontation, uh, between Godzilla and Kong, uh, well, plus, I I also have to say the uh, the image of uh, of the anchors getting hooked on Godzilla and just being dragged with him as he's approaching Kong, and then the the ship goes uh, goes right under the water, which totally was a Jaws Jaws homage. You'll never change my mind on that. <laughs> and it oof. during the moments where it had to really matter, I think the score does deliver, but. I feel it's kind of, I, I don't know. It, it kind of felt like, uh, like one of those generic, uh, uh, Michael Giacchino scores where it uh, the scenes you expect the, sc- the score to deliver. It does, but everything else just kind of feels like background noise. I was kind of missing, um, the Godzilla theme, to be honest. I mean, yeah. that's why I think that's what I really liked about. I mean, I really liked Alexander Duplass' score for Godzilla 2014. I did too. And yeah. I fucking love that Bear McCurry brought those old themes back for not just Godzilla, but Mothra, Rodan, and Ghidorah. So to not hear any of the classic themes being played this time around was kind of a little disappointing at tops. So but, I also wanted to bring up that I I didn't like how all the other Titans were killed off screen. And part of me wonders if, uh, because during the, uh, uh, during the, the, uh, end credits, the opening credits or during the end credits of King of the monsters. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a quick visual of a second Mothra egg. And, uh, and obviously you see Rodan bowing down to Godzilla, uh, at, at the very end. And so I thought it was heavily implied that, those characters would return but uh mothra's never never really mentioned or the existence of that egg and it shows that rodan was was also killed at some point and part of me wonders if it's because toho is notoriously protective of their ips right very very Mm -hmm. much so and i wonder if they only had the rights to use them for that one movie well, it wasn't just Godzilla; it was also Mecha Godzilla. So, yeah, you're well, right. Well, yeah, but 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 I mean, before like, that movie alone, yeah, because there are just so many IPs in there to begin with. Well, well, yeah, but 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 what I what I ultimately mean is is uh, is is if they only had permission to use Mothra, Rodan, and Ghidorah for that for one, one movie. movie, makes sense. You know, I you know, it's kind of open ended how this movie ends. So, like, 
there's too much. I think there's too much franchise potential alone for this. Yeah, I mean, to... it's, it kind of wraps up in a way where if they decide to continue, there's definitely places it can go. But if they didn't, then it feels pretty definitive. Yeah, it, at this point, it could definitely be outside of Marvel. This is probably the most successful uh, cinematic universe. I mean, DC, they've messed up and they're slowly trying to get their get back on their feet. And the less said about the dark universe, the better. What the hell, un- uh, Universal? I mean, it, it gave us the Tom Cruise scream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, overall, it's surprising how... Godzilla versus Kong turned out and I'm really happy that if, if we don't get a sequel if we if it doesn't continue I like how the story ends and I'm, I'm really happy that so in the end I'm just gonna say this I'm gonna repeat everything that Jeff just said in under one sentence flaws aside fuck it Godzilla versus Kong beautiful a beautiful blockbuster of a movie absolutely and I think when I go back to rewatch this movie, I might just say, I don't care about these talking heads. Just, uh, just kind of fast forward. Just get me, get me for, get, get me right to, to what I came here for. <laughs> well, just go on YouTube. I mean, dude, do you know how fast clips of the fights have just shown up on YouTube already? I'm sure those are going to get taken down pretty quickly, but like, oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. But well, I think that wraps it up for our very special 10th installment of the show. So I would like to say thank you to our uh, listeners who have followed us for this long. And we hope that you stick around with us a little bit, a little bit longer, much longer than that. But yeah, be sure to follow the show on Instagram at TNAPCAST. That's T-N-A-A-P-C-A-S-T. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like and comment on our stuff there and you can give us suggestions and uh, yeah, be sure to uh, subscribe on Spotify and uh, Apple podcasts as well. But um, yeah, that is our final, that is our 10th installment and I cannot be any happier with how it's turned out. Um, So from all of us here, me and Jeff included, we say thank you and we'll see you and the next installment of Two Nerdskis and a Podcast. This is Eric. And this is Jeff. Stay shiny, everyone. See you around.